0: The message today has the title Picture Parables, a couple of subtitles, Picture Reminders of God and his word, his wisdom and his ways, or just life in the Lord, or go for it in God. I believe that God wants to meet with us and teach us in his everywhere classroom. Come to Psalm 139. There we read, You hem me in, behind and before. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, for even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Jeremiah sums it up. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? So God is everywhere. Our responsibility is to look out for him, listen for him, learn from him and live for him. You heard me say before, one man said, I cannot see God. The other man said, I cannot but see God. Exactly what are parables? A parable is a lesson from everyday life. Parable actually means comparison a comparison drawn from everyday life and nature designed to teach us a spiritual truth, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, we know Jesus loved to speak in parables. He spoke over 40 parables that are recorded in the Gospels. So my picture parables, things I have seen and photographed that God has spoken to me through. Now, I know I shared a word with the same title a while back And somehow I've fitted in 30 picture parables. I started with 10 for today. I've finished up with four. I think they're all on on theme. And, And Sam, those songs were so on theme and you didn't really know where I was going. So that was God. Well, let's go. First picture parable one. Yes, the royal show. Norina and I hadn't been to the Royal Show for about 20 years, and so we decided to go. I wanted to reminisce and remember what it was like when I was a boy. My dad used to say, one sample bag and one show ride. That was it. Never forgotten it. I wanted to remember what it was like to go with my kids. We weren't there long before we were in the side shows. Sideshows I think are best described as one big playground, rides, rockets and roundabouts. The sideshows have an atmosphere of colour, noise, screams. I loved it. The announcer would say to the people on the ride, if you're enjoying it, scream louder. The girls could scream so loud and beautifully. It made me cry. tears and laughter, joy and pleasure, shouting and the promise. Every player wins a prize. So, is this the way to go? Is this where real life is found? The sideshows? My answer, no. And I think gladly I'm supported by God with that and he says no. So, what are sideshows? Defined an event in addition to the main event, something that distracts attention from something more important, an extra in association with the main event. So my application and our application to life today, we can be attracted to live in the sideshows of life, an event in addition to the main event, an extra in association with the main event. So my list of some Of life's sideshows. Hot dogs and donuts, fun and frolic, coffee and custard tarts, I didn't want to put that one in but I had to, (laughs) thrills and spills, and this is a difficult one, football and fashion, guys it's a sideshow, girls it's a sideshow, sex and sightseeing, surfing and cycling, sunbathing and shopping. Of course the list could go on for a long time. Now, I want to say very clearly, there's nothing wrong with the sideshows and the pleasure and the happiness they bring. In fact, they are a gift from God. For now, we read, God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's all there for our enjoyment. Nothing wrong with it. God's put it there. Into the future, and this is fantastic. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with external pleasures at your right hand. We're going to be blown away when when God reveals to us these eternal pleasures that we're going to enjoy with him into the future. So there's nothing wrong with having fun in the sideshows of life that bring us pleasure, enjoyment and happy times. But I want to say it's not where we should anchor our life. Remember, sideshows are an addition to the main event and not to be our goal or our God. In fact, I want to say that happiness should not be our goal. A bit more on that later. What is the main event? What should be our goal? Paul says in Timothy, people will be lovers of themselves and the joy they get in the sideshows, the happiness that they bring them, rather than lovers of God. So, the main event is that we are lovers of God. In Jesus' words, to love God and love our neighbour as ourselves. He was asked, What are the most two important things? Love God and love our neighbour. Now, if you're not sure what I've said and defined as being sideshows in life, listen to what Paul says. Philippians three, eight and nine. He said, I consider everything loss, everything lost compared to to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Now, rubbish, some translations say dung. And I want to put in there, I consider them sideshows. Now, I want to be honest, in context, Paul was talking about finding life in privilege and law keeping. But I consider we can extend it to looking for life in the sideshows. Events in addition to the main event. Solomon tried it. We go to Ecclesiastes 2, 1, 10, and 11. Solomon said to myself, "Come now, I'll test you with pleasure to find out what is good." But that proved to be meaningless. Verse 10: I denied myself nothing; my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labour and this was the reward for all my toil. So there was some reward. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So his conclusion at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12:13: now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion to the matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. New Testament, Paul sums it up. 2 Corinthians 5.9. Make it our goal to please him. Make it our goal to please him. What about happiness? Can it be a sideshow and not the main event? I want to read to you from Scott Blackwell's book, Healed at Last. What is perhaps surprising... He's a minister in the Anglican Church in Sydney. As a boy, he suffered with meningitis that left him seriously ill and with a severe limp that he still has and is criticised for. That's what the book is about. But uh, he's found Jesus after being a drug addict and now he's a minister of the gospel. What perhaps is per- surprising is the speed with which Christians discard godly discernment and replace it with personal happiness. A sideshow. We foolishly grasp the opportunity to bow down before ourselves and call it righteousness. Personal happiness appears to be the bright and shining God of the 21st century. Many believe that all things are tolerable and all things are flexible in the pursuit of one's own happiness. The only thing that is truly unacceptable is that anyone or anything should interfere with my right to feel free and happy, they say. I've sat with Christian friends many times who have intentionally walked against the clear word of God because they wanted to pursue that which they believed would make them happy. Don't I have the right to be happy? Actually, no. We have the right to be obedient and to be faithful to the promises of God, even if it brings us a measure of unhappiness. Sometimes this is exactly what it means to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. That one could be a sermon in itself, but we're going to move on here. Here's the truth, though. Hang on. God does have happiness in mind. Jesus, in the parable of the talent, said, Faithful servant, well done. Come and share my happiness. So it's on the radar. There is real happiness awaiting all who invest their living in God. And here's the truth I want to declare today. I believe there is great joy in knowing God as Father, Jesus as Saviour, and living life with purpose in relationship of love with God and people. A little line, happy is the man that makes the Lord his choice. So picture parable one. Don't live in the side shows of life. Enjoy them, but anchor our lives in God's love. So the question, how, where do you find this God, and how do we build this love relationship. Picture parable number two. Yeah, it's a golf ball. And I can hear you saying, what the heck? Does this picture of a golf ball speak to us of God? Well, let me tell you how it speaks to me. Told you many times, I go for my time out with God at the Belair National Park. For years, I've walked around the perimeter of what was the public golf course. Sadly, it's not there anymore. Me, my custom is I walk around outside the fence that encompasses the golf course to watch out for any stray golf balls. I've done this for years. And here's the thing, I do it with God. God and I look for golf balls together. God knows where they are, he guides me to them. So I pray, you're gonna laugh, but I pray, God, would you lead me to golf balls today? When I find one, it assures me that he hears my prayer. A find also speaks to me of his love and interest in my life. It's like a fleece, which gets its name from the story in Judges. Remember Gideon said, okay, God, if I've found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. And he had this fleece of wool. He said, in the morning when I wake up, If this fleece is covered with dew and the ground is dry, I'll know it's you. In the morning, the ground was dry. He wrung a container of water out of the fleece. Same with me and my golf balls. You say, crazy? Maybe. But here's the lesson I learned from it. If we want to build our relationship with God, we need to do what I do. Ask, seek and knock. Jesus said, Luke 11, nine, and 10. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door be open. For everyone who asks receives. Who seeks finds? To him who knocks, the door be open. So God, me and the golf balls, I ask him. I say, God, you know, it's me up the park. Could you lead me to golf balls? I seek God. And I search. And I knock and persist, I don't give up. Parable two, the application to life in God. Speak to God. Not just when you're walking around up the park, but everywhere. I love it. Paul says, pray without ceasing. And you've heard me say a million times, that encourages me so much because it means God is listening without ceasing. We're to include him in every moment of our day. Secondly, seek God. Read his word. Look around for him. He's everywhere. His signs, his fingerprints are everywhere. Look for them and knock. Persist. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. Be a diligent student of God's, in God's classroom. Hang in. Be patient. Keep looking and listening. I just want to say, ask, seek and knock is not a formula to get what we want from God, but to get what God wants from us. So in the context of Jesus' words and the lesson in my picture parable, get to know God, seek his guidance by looking God's way, asking, seeking and knocking. Does God care? Does God answer our prayer? I nearly cry when I look at them because they mean a lot to me. God does care. He answers prayer. He lets me know he's interested in me. But let me tell you, I've collected these balls over the last 30 years. (laughs) That doesn't matter. Just a last-minute extra. It's five o'clock on Wednesday. I'm kind of labouring through preparing this sermon. And this thought came to my mind why don't you go for a walk up the park? If you find a golf ball, God's going to bless the sermon on Sunday. I thought, well, that's a challenge because if I don't find one, (laughs) it's not going to be a good Sunday. Anyway, I headed up the park. I'd walked 100 meters from the car and found that. There it was, saying, "David, here I am." God's saying, "David, I'm going to bless your sermon on Sunday. I hope you're endorsing that." From that time, I walked another two and a half kilometers. I didn't look for any more balls. I didn't have to. God had answered my prayer and the application to life in God. When God comes into our lives as we accept Jesus as Saviour, and we're reborn of the Spirit and He becomes our Father and we become His son or His daughter. Jesus, our Saviour and friend, our home in heaven sealed. We don't have to worry, strive, to survive any longer. Sure, we still have learning and living to do, but our life is safe in God's loving hands. Come to me, to 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. Beautiful words. Peter speaks them to us all here today. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, soil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. No fretting necessary. God's given us far more than a golf ball. In the words of Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Picture Parable Three. Have to look closely, but can you see leaves on the lawn? We well, already made the point that there's a lot to learn in God's classroom. The Bible is no small book to read and understand. Forty Earth authors covering a period of 1,600 years. Someone said, "The Bible is the book of God." but is also the God of books. God, his person, his purpose, his plan requires a good hard look. So my leaves, now I like a tidy lawn. And during the autumn, my deciduous trees lose their leaves. So I start at one end of the lawn and carefully walk along, picking up every leaf. And I get to the end and think, tidy lawn. I turn around and to my horror, there's still a pile of leaves on there. See, the lesson, when you look at things from a different direction and a different angle, you see things differently, things you did not see before. Back to the Royal Show, I watched a little bit of sheep judging and dog judging. And I observed that the judge looked at the sheep, looked at the dog from every angle possible. And also, there was a body search done before the winner was declared. The application. In God, be diligent in seeking to understand the truth. Have you heard of this one? Beware of half truths because you might have the wrong half. Paul's advice to young Timothy Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. Now, in a later letter, he's saying it twice. It's important. In a letter, he wrote to the same young man, Timothy, a little later. He said, do your best, Timothy, to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. The message translation says, lay out truth, plain and simple. Stay clear of talks. That is only talk. Listen to what... Jay Packer says, a quote, all Christians are at once beneficiaries and victims, so we're both, of tradition. Beneficiaries who receive nurturing truth and wisdom from past generation, but victims who now take for granted things that need to be questioned. We are all beneficiaries of good, wise, and and sound sound traditions, and victims of poor, unwise, and unsound traditions. So how do we get things right? We look at things from different directions. Listen to what the proverb says. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs fourteen fifteen: A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. 18.2, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinion. The first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. I learnt this uh, as a minister of pastoral care down at Seton. Uh, a, a man came to me and, and uh, talked to me about his marriage and he just put his wife down and and told me all the awful things she did and I'm thinking, oh, poor guy, I'd want out of the marriage too, I think. Anyway, a day or two later, the wife came to see me and I'm listening to her and thinking, oh, poor lady, what a rat bag she's married to. Wow, I can see she'd like... And then suddenly I woke up. Hang on. (laughs) It's the same marriage. I'm listening to the man tell his story and the woman tell her. Where was the truth? We need to listen carefully. The first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. Paul's advice to the Corinthians. Weigh carefully what he said. Weigh carefully what he said. You're doing that while I'm sharing? That's fine. Be a Berean. What do I mean? Come to Acts 17 11. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those of Thessalonica. For they received the message, and this is Paul preaching, they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. We need to do that. Don't believe everything the preacher says. Check it out with the word of God. Measure everything we hear or read by lining it up with the revelation of God's word, the Bible. And I need to add, that is the correct understanding of God's word. Why is this so important? Because you know, the truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. Do you know what that means? Error will imprison us in its error. And who wants to be there? Couple of thoughts. Truth will stand the test of scrutiny. And here's my position these days. I say this, I've shared it with some of you. I shared it with Sam the other day. I used to believe everything I was taught, but now, I question everything I believe. Want to hear it again? I used to believe everything I was taught, but now I question everything I believe. Now, I don't see that as a negative. I do that and think about it from a positive perspective. I want to rightly divide the word of truth. Here's some further good advice. You know who the best counsellor to consult is? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said... When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide into all truth. So picture parable three. A lesson our parents taught us when we were kids. Look both ways before you cross the road. Why? So you don't get run over by something you didn't see. The application today, be diligent, discerning in God's classroom of life. Don't jump on the wagon without having a good, Holy Spirit-inspired understanding of what is true. Look at the leaves on the lawn from different directions. Picture parable four, the last one, not there yet. There it is. We're there. (laughs) I'm aware that I've been sharing pretty heavy-duty stuff. Don't live in the sideshows of life. Live alongside God. Ask, seek and knock. Put in effort to rightly understand truth. So to finish, we're going to lighten the load. But I think we're staying on theme. But in addition to looking at the right side of life, I want to look on the bright side of life. So here, I'd like to say he's Aussie emu, but I understand he's Aussie ostrich. Doesn't he look happy, content, friendly? Question. Would you smile if you looked like him? (laughs) A long neck, big mouth, flat nose, long eyebrows, spiky hair. Well, let me tell you this. Ozzy doesn't care, he's just getting on with life. And I want to tell you what, he makes me love him and learn from him. I'd hug him if I could. What lesson in all of this for us? We can be sidetracked, sidetracked, anxious, envious, depressed because we aren't the centre of attention. We may not be the best looking banana in the bunch. We may not be the best brain on the bench. We may not be a TV celebrity and I just got to tell you, when I'm walking through IKEA, you know you've got to follow those, those yellow arrows and they, they go forever and ever. When I'm halfway through, I feel like shouting out, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I've never done it. I, I've never done it. We may be unhappy because we're not in the royal family. No, I think not. Who'd want to be in the royal family? We may not be a sports star. We may be plain old ordinary me or ordinary you. So let's take a lesson from Ozzy. Get over it and get on with it. Now, I want to put a bit of substance into this picture. I believe there's a cry in every heart to be of some significance and worth. Life is difficult. Life will dish up plenty of trouble, hurt, pain and disappointment. There's plenty of competition out there. Others will beat us. Others will be better than us. Our mental health can take a battering. The result can be anxiety, anxiety, Envy, disappointment, depression, mental illness, suicide. Are you U OK has been in focus this week. Mental health has been discussed on TV, radio and newspapers. You know the best starting point I believe for mental health and we've sung about it today is to know and embrace God's love. I know it's amazing that God loves us individually but he does. It's the most wonderful truth going. There is a God, he's a God of love and he loves us individually. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. God wants us to know him as our heavenly father. He wants us to know I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. He invites us to visit the family home to get our bearings and our learning from him. Few examples that have helped me along the way. God's word to Baruch. Do you know who Baruch is? Jeremiah's secretary. And he went everywhere. Jeremiah's kind of, he's the speaker and he's the one on the podium. And, and Baruch says to God, oh, God, I'm sick of this. I, I, I want a bit of credit for myself. I want to be important. Jeremiah 45, 5. Should you then seek great things for yourself? Seek them Not. But then God adds, but I'm going to look after you, Jeremiah. That's the best thing going. In regards to promotion, Psalm 75, 6 and 7, it's helped me. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. East, west, the desert and the south. We kind of understand God lives in the north. That's, That's just God lives in the north. So promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. It is God who judges, he brings down, he exalts. King James says, promotion comes from the Lord. I've rested at that, I think God. I've wanted that and haven't got it. But don't get uptight. God's in charge. God promotes, God puts down, so rest in God. If he wants you to be promoted, that time will come. Just be ready. This wasn't in my notes, but I always think, you know, and I preached incorrectly when I was a young preacher, I said, you know when David fought Goliath, It didn't matter which way he threw the stone, he just had faith it would hit Goliath in the head. Wrong teaching. The reason he could throw the stone and hit Goliath in the forehead is when he was looking after his father's sheep, he used to practice with his sling. He could hit Coke cans off the fence post. (laughs) He could. Oh, check it out in the Word. (laughs) The reason... He could do that as he had been preparing himself for the day. So whilst I'm saying God gives promotion, kind of leave it with him. Prepare, prepare, do all you can to be ready should the day come, should Goliath come into your life or something nicer. Listen to what Jamie Buckingham said. I've written this in my Bible on top of Psalms 75, 6 and 7. He said, I didn't go after it. I wanted only what God wanted for me and wanted it only if I could have it God's way. If we can rest in that, it takes a lot of the struggle out. John the Baptist said, a man can receive only what is given to him from heaven. Come to 1 Peter 5. All of you, clothe yourself with humility. In real estate, location, location, location. In the Christian life, humility, humility, humility. God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And one final scripture that can set us free to be as happy as Ozzy. 1 John 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, we get it wrong often. We, we our, our, our human nature gets in the way and and we sin. We're proud, proud, pride-filled and not humble, but there's a way back. There's a way back. God will forgive us if we ask him to. There is a way back. Forgiveness, cleansing and new start available for us all. So why don't we relax, be content in who we are, enjoy God and enjoy life? That doesn't mean live in denial, but why not look on the bright side of life? we've all heard this line count your blessings one by one and you'll be surprised just what god has done philippians 4:4 rejoice in the lord always again i'll say rejoice now we don't rejoice because of everything there was a false teaching out several years ago that said you thank god for everything that comes into your life that's wrong you don't thank him for everything you thank him in spite of it we don't rejoice because of what comes into our lives but we rejoice in god in everything in spite, despite of everything, remember Ray Betch who pro- preached uh, the other week said that uh, you know he, he, he wasn't perfect and uh, people used to call him Spoggy Legs. Well, I've had to live with skinny legs. In fact, I was reminded of it in Israel last year when all us guys decided to wear shorts, and it didn't take someone long to say, "You've got chicken legs, David." <laughs> Now, I used to be so upset that I had chicken legs, you know, I'd sit in the footy footy change rooms and look at all these guys with these strong muscular legs and then look at mine and and feel so unhappy about it. But as uh, the years have come and gone, I don't care if I've got skin. I love my skinny legs. They have never let me down. I've done amazing things on them. We've gone amazing places together, and so it doesn't matter. I've got over it. Just relax and enjoy the gifts of God. Just one final reading if I may. You would all know of Nick Vujicic. Have I got it right? Life without limbs. Life without limbs. You've seen this guy. No arms, no legs listen to what he says. Nick Vujicic. I know people with perfect bodies who don't have half the happiness I've found with mine. Life Without Limits is the story of a gutsy Nick Vujicic. Sorry, Nick, I'm getting it wrong. Nick Vujicic, an amazing 20-year-old Aussie born without arms or legs, Packed full of wisdom, testimonies of his faith and laugh-out-loud humour, Nick tells a life of his chesty bond body. Noting that perfection isn't always perfect and that brokenness can be a good thing, Nick shows how he learned to accept what he could not control and focus instead on what he could. He encourages everyone to find their life's purpose and whatever their obstacles, go for it. Zest for life is unbelievably unbelievably infectious. A Little bit more in the introduction. My name is Nick Wojcic. I am 27 years old. I was born without any limbs. I'm not constrained, but I'm not constrained by my circumstances. In this book, I will share with you my experience in dealing with adversity and obstacles, some of them unique to me, but most universal to us all. My goal is to encourage you to overcome your own challenges and hardships so you can find your own purpose and pathway to a ridiculously good life. Good advice from Nick. Good advice from Aussie Ostrich. Now this subject is bigger than what we have shared today but here's a good starting point for us all. Let's relax in God's love. Be content with who we are. Give life our best shot. Love God and love people. See, Paul says, godliness with contentment. Godliness, remember, we've been talking about godliness. With contentment is great gain. The message says, a a devout life does bring wealth. But it is the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. It's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. want to take that one off today. We're sick of reading about our sins. Thank you. (laughs) You've heard me say this. God is not impressed with the loud and the proud but the humble, helpful and holy. God's judgments are very different to ours. Jesus said many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. God's Judgments, God's priority are character and not charisma. Let's go for the character of Christ. I've written out a prayer that reflects on what I've shared. I'm going to read it. Shut your eyes and listen if you like, or you can look and listen. Here's my closing prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you want to meet and greet us every day, every way. Everywhere, Thank you, Lord, that life is more than just fun and games. We thank you for the many gifts you have given us to enjoy. But we are so pleased to know there is more to life and that there is a rock to build our lives upon and a purpose to it all, to love you and love one another and an amazing future with you to look forward to. Thank you, for telling us and teaching us to ask, seek and knock. And as we do, we find you there and know you care and we develop our relationship with you. You gift us with good things. Lord, our boat is so small and the ocean so large. There's so much to learn and understand. Teach us your way, guide us into all truth. Thank you for your word and the guidance given by the Holy Spirit. Maybe rightly divide and live by your word of life. Thank you that we don't have to strive, compete, fight, scheme to be someone of significance or someone who we aren't, but that we can rest in your love and with your help be a person, the person you want us to be, serving you and one another, loving you and one another. So thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. We are pleased to declare, as it says on the screen, this is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.